Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. hopeless so he just begged for mercy Jesus said that was the man who left in God's grace that day the one who just said I, I'm just not I, you know he just couldn't even look up I'm a sinner please have mercy on me and God said yes if you've been relying on your Southern Baptist baptism or your Catholic confirmation you're doomed you're doomed because that really doesn't impress God Are you relying on your good works for salvation? In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches you that it is only through Christ Jesus that you can enter the kingdom of God. God is not impressed by works or behavior. God desires that your heart would be sincerely His. No amount of self-will can earn you His grace. Turn from your sins and receive Christ. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Number two, he says you, you're treating the blood of Christ like a common thing, some worthless, insignificant thing. Just, eh, whatever. Thereby, number three, insulting the Spirit of grace. This is strong language, right? It's not pulling any punches here. It's just really in your face. There's there's no way to to really soften this up. And and it's so critically important to understand it because I I lived for years under the illusion that I was a Christian and, and that I would go to heaven when I died just because I prayed a prayer when I was 11 or 12 years old and you know, said the right things, and I got baptized and was declared to have been forgiven by somebody who did not know my heart. I was like the Pharisees Jesus confronted in Matthew chapter 23. Not only had they said the, the appropriate words and gone through all of the appropriate motions, completed all of the necessary rituals and requirements, and, but they, they lived an extremely disciplined and outwardly pious life. You understand, these, these men were respected. They were revered for the most part by their countrymen. They were meticulous about keeping every detail of the law. And yet in Matthew 23, 33, Jesus called them all snakes and told them they were going to hell when they died. Even though they kept the law meticulously, they gave generously, they did all the right stuff. His exact words were, serpents, brood of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Wow, was not what they expected. You know what I mean? That's not what they, what they expected to hear. And they didn't appreciate it very much. They, as a matter of fact, they rejected it outright, just, just like some of you. 
want to do right now. I don't believe that. doesn't matter. See, it doesn't matter whether or not you believe it. On Judgment Day, the reality is those who have loved him from their hearts with their lives, he will have made them a part of his family and they'll be welcome in the family home. And everybody else, those who've tried to play games, manipulate, and connive their way, snake their way into the... He's like, nah, I don't know you. This whole thing was confusing to his disciples at the time. You know, I mean, if these holy men, they, they asked a question at one point, if these guys can't be saved, who can be? I mean, if these men whose lives appear to be exemplary, I mean, if they're doomed to destruction, then who is safe? It was a fair question. If these quote-unquote, holy men weren't safe from God's wrath, and how could the average person have any hope at all? So Jesus told them a story to help them understand it. I believe it'll help us understand it better as well. In Luke chapter 18, if you want to turn there, you could do that. Luke chapter 18, it's a familiar story to many of you, I'm sure. In verse 10, Jesus said, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Now, remember that the tax collectors were all thieves, you know, and in those days, the, w- the way they, you know, they, they were, I'm sure, paid a little something by the government, by the Roman government, but th- they were viewed as, as being traitors, you know, Jewish tax collectors were, were, were traitors to their own people because they're working for Rome, extorting money out of the Jewish people, you know, and, and they got rich because they, they basically could take extra and, and, uh, and keep it, and Pharisees, it's believed that the term came from it meant pious ones, you know, like you've seen the Hasidic Jewish people around here, you know, in our neighborhoods a lot of times, you know, with the curls and the black outfits and the black hats and, and the wigs and, and all of that, the Hasidim, well, they're basically like direct in line from this group, the Pharisees, really serious about the law, really serious about studying the scriptures. It was more important than anything else to them. So here you've got this Pharisee and this tax collector in the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this is this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess, doing everything I know to do. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, the Pharisee thought that his membership in that group, you know, he was part of that group that they did everything right, they behaved themselves, they tithed, they, they gave generously, you know, they kept the law, they did, they did all these things, and, and, and so he believed that his generosity and his good behavior guaranteed his place in heaven. The other guy just knew he had no hope in and of himself. He was hopeless, so he just begged for mercy. Jesus said that was the man who left in God's grace that day. The one who just said, I, I'm just not, I, you know, he just couldn't even look up. I'm a sinner. Please have mercy on me. And God said, yes. If you've been relying on your Southern Baptist baptism or your Catholic confirmation, you're doomed. You're doomed. Because that really doesn't impress God. Your generally good behavior, your generosity. I remember when the first, I think it was the first trip that I took to Israel many years ago. Our tour guide pointed out, I forget where we were, but he, he pointed down into this valley and 
there was a, a town there. Don't remember which one. I just remember it was just big, beautiful, ornate Catholic church. And he said, Frank Sinatra built that. Interesting little piece of trivia, right? Frank didn't get his money's worth. You understand? Do you understand what I mean? He didn't get his money's worth. So many people over the centuries have tried to do that by God's favor with good deeds or big gifts, forgetting that it's all his anyway. If he wants it, he can take it. It's all his anyway. Your life, your breath, your giftings, your talents, your resources, your money, your intellect. I remember many years ago, I had a, a small business. You know, we, we did like home oxygen and things like that. And, and I, I delivered a, an oxygen concentrator to a man that uh, his doctor wanted him to have it set up because he was going to have open heart surgery. And so he wanted it in place so that when the guy came home from the hospital, it would already be there and he would have been instructed on how to use it and, and all of that because he figured he'd need it for a couple of weeks after surgery. And so we did. I met the guy, you know, and big man, a little bit on the rough side, you know, just a little, little rude, you know, a little impatient. And um, I dropped it off and about three or four weeks later, I went back to pick it up. And this guy was cheerful and sweet and gentle, and I, and I noticed some little dip, not quite right here. And his wife said to me, yeah, he's the sweetest eight-year-old you ever met. I said, excuse me? She said, yeah, he, he's been that way since the surgery. From one day to the next, basically, he went from being a normal, you know, smart, 60-something-year-old man to a little child. He lost his mind. Apparently, in something like 2% of people who go through open-heart surgery, that happens after the fact. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if God doesn't have a hand in those things. Certainly, He does. Do you understand? Everything you are and everything you have is His, except your heart. Except your heart, the real you. I've known a lot of people who call themselves Christians because they'd once been baptized or confirmed or, you know, whatever, but their heart was focused first and foremost on a on a plan which they had concocted and which they were attempting to live out, really without consulting God, just, you know, just like expecting Him to bless their agenda, living with themselves at the helm. chase after so much in this world, the best job, the perfect family, the prestige and fame that we think will satisfy. But will it ever be enough? These worldly achievements may seem like exactly what we want, but in the end, we can't take them with us to heaven. These things can also become idols in our lives, becoming more important than our Savior. As we've studied the book of Hebrews, we've been warned that nothing should take the place of Jesus in our lives. Nothing else and no one else will give us lasting satisfaction. Our lives should focus first on the Savior, allowing Him to direct our steps in all things. We are so glad you tuned in today to Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast and download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. Come and follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio 
and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Find links to our accounts at our website, MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Hebrews, right here on Main Thing Radio. Main Thing Radio.